0: Abner Maris is a world champion boxer, Olympian sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by Abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On The Hook with Abner Maris, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. They chat about topics like the state of boxing, sports, music, culture, and family life. Listen to On The Hook with Abner Maris wherever you get your podcasts in English on Tuesdays and on episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. Now onto the show. Blue Wire. Russell Westbrook is off to Houston. It's going to be scary. Not for us. (laughs) And Westbrook is on the freeway. What's up guys? Welcome to the news podcast. My name is Salman Ali at Solomon Ali NBA on Twitter. You're joined by Forrest Walker at Do Nots on Twitter. How you doing today, man?
1: Uh I'm okay. I'm well rested and ready for the day ahead.
0: Yeah, uh, today was actually a, a bit of a news day for the Rockets. And I actually did expect it to be a, new, a bit of a news day, but not this news. I, I actually expected uh, some other news to drop down. Uh, and it, it turns out we're not getting that today. Let's talk about the news that did come down, though. General Manager Daryl Morey has stepped down as role of President of Basketball Operations after 13 years at the helm. First, I wanna, I want to ask you this. Did you expect this at all?
1: Uh, I didn't expect this right now. I think a lot of us have thought that this was going to happen sooner or later, uh, that you know, things have been in upheaval and it's kind of felt like things have gone in a different direction in the past couple of years, but I didn't think it would happen right this minute.
0: Let's dig deeper into that. Why did you think this would, this would eventually happen?
1: Well, after Tillman Fertitta took over the team a couple of years ago, uh, it, it, he has a habit of wanting to make big changes and go new directions. Uh and there have been a lot of big changes, right? There they they traded away Chris Paul uh just very recently. They went separate ways from uh from Mike Dantoni. It's it's been kind of a chaotic time and Maury's been there for 13 years. It's been quite a while. He's also been dealing with the fallout from what happened last uh, last summer during the preseason uh, with uh, with Hong Kong and China. And it, it just seems like everything has taken a toll on him. And it's, uh, I, I've, it, it's felt like he would eventually want to go, that this era was going to end at some point. I just didn't think it would be like at the, exactly the same time as everything else changed, like, um, like the coaching change.
0: Right. So I actually agree with the latter half of your statement. So I'm just going to read off of what Woj reported. So it appears that Maury came to Tillman for Tita after the season ended and approached him with this idea because he wanted to step down. He did not want to be the general manager anymore. And he wanted to spend time with his family. Uh, he has two college age kids who are taking a gap year during the COVID period, which I, I completely understand. Uh, there's really no reason to be in school right now and he's not ruling out a return to the NBA but he's going to go explore other options right now. So I do agree. I th- I think I think he was gassed. I think I think after 13 years at the helm and what happened this year in particular. This this was a long year. Not not just for Daryl Morey but for everybody. This, this is just a long Long year, like with the pandemic uh with the n b a having to stop mid season and with Maury in particular with the China stuff, you know he tweets about uh China before the season, and nobody in the n b a seemingly comes out and publicly supports him until after Adam silver steps in right like Adam silver steps in then everybody get, gets behind Maury, right, but before that, it felt like the league was kind of distancing themselves more, like Steve Kerr, LeBron James, like a lot of guys came out, and like it kind of felt like people turned their back on him. And I know a lot of executives around the league were pissed about this, right? And you know, there's this is a great article from Kevin Arnovitz that I wrote about in my newsletter today. I referenced, um you know, the only guy that really came to Darrow during that time was Masai Ujiri, you know, general manager of the Toronto Raptors or president of, of basketball operations, I should say. I think. Brian Webster is actually uh, the general manager, but um, yeah, head guy at the Toronto Raptors. I think he was the only guy to actually come up to Maury and be like, you know, we're behind you. And Maury at the time didn't even buy that. Like he was like, yeah, I get it. You know, like it's 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 hard not to read the t lose and understand that everybody in the league is kind of pissed at you right now. And I think after the year that the Rockets had, I think I think he wanted to ride it out. And I think at the end he kind of, you don't just come to this decision like out of nowhere. I think he wanted to see where things led to in the playoffs and if if it didn't it didn't turn out well, I think he had the idea in mind to go to Tillman and step away cuz it's been an exhausting year for him in particular. I can't imagine what it's been like for not only him but his family. I mean his family's had to deal with this as well. Yeah, it's
1: been rough. Uh, I mean, you've seen—I don't know—you've seen videos of him dealing with this, and he, I think he's doing as well as anybody could have expected. But it's—it's it's been a bad year for for everybody, and it's yeah, been a bad Mark year. Mark Berman Lord. was
0: <laughs> on the scene right away, my guy Mark. So this guy just—I know this is not <laughs> a light moment, but this guy just hustles. He does not give a at all. He's just going to be on the scene at an airport outside the Toyota Center, wherever the hell the action is. Mark's there with this camera phone, doesn't even need his, his camera crew behind him. He's got his phone in his pocket. Uh, I just appreciate the hustle. I just appreciate it. Uh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't want to cut you off, but uh, like Mark's a bit of a legend in the in media circles in Houston. Like We talk about Mark all the time. Uh, so it, it, it just, it, it wasn't a shock to me that he was there for that video.
1: Yeah. Uh, though not, not the most pleasant video in the world, unfortunately, uh, basically just, uh, Oh, just hold on, hold on. Weeks. We got, we
0: got a statement from the Rockets, uh, breaking right now. Um, um yeah, uh, this is from Dara Mori. After returning from Orlando and reflecting on what has been an amazing 14 years with the Houston Rockets, and after discussing my thoughts with my family and close friends, I've decided I'll be stepping away from the Rockets organization effective November 1st. Tillman and I have made, had many conversations since I returned, and he is unwavering. his unwavering support and counsel during our time together has been critical to our professional life to lead the Rockets basketball organization. And I look forward to working with Tillman and management, Uh, and the management team to find the transition. I am very confident that the future for the Rockets and for our incredible fans is in great hands and the Rockets will continue to perform at the highest level. And this is actually a, a a statement from Tillman now on behalf of the entire Rockets organization. I would like to thank Daryl Morey for his hard work and dedication over the past 14 years. Daryl is a brilliant innovator who helped the Rockets become a personal a perennial contender. I have truly enjoyed working with Daryl and couldn't have asked for a better general manager to have at the start of my ownership. I wish him and his family all the best.
1: Well, uh I those are I mean I don't have much to say about those statements. That's the statements you'd think they would make, and they didn't. No one stuck their foot in their mouth, and it uh, they put on a show of being as non acrimonious as possible.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it really does feel like he was burnt out, and he wanted to go to, like this. I, I know people. Want, the natural reaction is what you mentioned at the top, right? Like this is a Tillman thing, right? And. I don't want to come off as this Tillman defender because every time I come on this podcast, I feel like I'm defending Tillman. I don't want to do that. Like, that's not what I'm doing here. I just want to analyze the facts on the ground. And the facts on the ground lead me to believe that this was a personal decision for Daryl. That Darryl decided over the course of the season that he wanted to step away from the game. And that's just my read from reading all the facts on the ground.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably right. You, all right. I don't think that I will be accused of defending Tillman Fertitta either by anybody, uh, unless we see some evidence otherwise. It does seem like Daryl just needed to get away from everything. Now, uh, what exactly he needed to get away from, and like whether that could have been mitigated, is a different matter. But like it, much like with uh with Mike D'Antoni, this is very clearly stated as the the, the Mike and Daryl chose to leave. It wasn't that they were necessarily pushed out. Now uh, we you can discuss the finer points there as much as you want, but it does look like these guys have chosen to exit the organization by their own volition, and are not being like cajoled into resigning or something.
0: What's different? What separates Tillman from other owners is he's just very loud and obnoxious in a way that rubs a lot of people the wrong way, and I get it. it did. And uh, he's uh, he obviously has his business dealings that are losing a ton of money right now, and he hasn't paid the luxury tax yet. So I think if you're going to have a criticism of of Tillman. Let's make it let's make it substantive. let's talk about what he's not doing with with the finances. I think that's a completely legitimate thing to criticize him for like he has not paid the luxury tax yet and until he pays the luxury tax, we should we should assume that he's not going to pay it right like with, as with any other owner right talk is cheap until you actually put your wallet on the table. we We actually had a podcast the the year that uh, actually I think the same day, that Tillman bought the team or that Leslie Alexander sold the team. And I think I said on that podcast that people are going to rush to judgment on the next owner and want to make decisions, want to make judgments within the first two or three years. And the reality with ownership is it takes like five to 10 years to really understand How an owner is like. It's still been. It's only been like three to four years, and I feel like with every decision, every decision that the Rockets make, every bit of news that comes down for the Rockets, we all rush to Tillman because he brings such a visceral reaction out of people, right? And I get it. I totally get it. Like this is not me caping for Tillman the person. That's not what I'm doing. That's not what I'm about to do right now. This is me. This is me telling you, I'm reading the facts on the ground. The only thing I, that I I feel like from a basketball perspective you can really criticize him about is that he's had his ha- hand in the cookie jar in the Rustbrook trade and I, that he hasn't paid the luxury tax, right? those And those are two big reasons to criticize him. So I get it. I If you're going to criticize him for that, for sure. But if you're going to say he forced Maury out, I'm just telling you from what I'm reading right now, I don't think that's what, happ- what's, what happened here. And I, 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 just, I just think people want to rush And blame somebody for this. But what if there's nobody to blame? What if what if Daryl just woke up one day and said, "You know what? I'm tired. You know, like like half of the league turned their back on me because of something I tweeted, and I I don't think it was right. And I feel like I'm I'm kind of gassed right now. Like and and I I want to step away from the game. Like what what if it can just be that? Like what if like he's looking at the what the Rockets are right now, and for the next two or three years, and he's like, you know what, like doesn't look too bright right now like we just we have we don't have that many draft picks we don't have um a lot of salary clap flex cap flexibility this is kind of my if i'm gonna leave this is kind of the best time to leave like what if that's the answer you know <laughs> what i mean
1: uh it's like ooh, things are getting bad i'm out of here i mean it's it th- the reality is that things are bad in general like everyone's having a hard time right now for reasons that I don't think we need to go into at all and it's it, it's tough out there and uh honestly like honestly as a human being i support in doing whatever it takes to find some degree of peace and uh getting away from the rockets probably isn't the worst decision for that move uh, for a lot of reasons
0: right I, yeah
1: it's it's not great for everyone who likes the Houston Rockets but uh Eh, I'm not gonna blame him for needing some space, like especially because like like you said, it sounds like he it sounds like he his intention is to leave basketball completely behind for the time being. Like he said, you know, he, he was saying that he might come back later. Don't know. Uh, I that that's fair to me. Like spend time with your kids, you know. Like I know a lot of fans like ooh, maybe we can get Daryl Morey on our team. Well, the fans who aren't slagging him off are. Uh, I don't know. It kind of sounds like he's gonna take at least like a year, like to just be himself for a while. And I say more power to him on that front.
0: Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gives you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you the full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time. And there are no long-term contracts. Fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at indeed.com/bluewire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com/bluewire. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager on than anyone else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And Darryl's a really smart guy. I, I know there's a lot of businesses and opportunities out there for him uh, that have been there for years. You know, like a lot of people are recognize how intelligent of a dude this guy is. So he's gonna he's gonna have opportunities outside the game. And listen, I'm I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. This is a big loss for the Rockets. The Rockets lost one of the best general managers in the league today. Like, there's no sugarcoating that they just, They just did. They lost. Uh, I mean, there is only two general managers in the league that you can maybe say have a case to be as of being better than him over the past, you know, ten years. You know, I, you could say Masai Ujiri and you know RC Buford. You know, maybe Danny Ainge, right? Like, they're, outside of those three, I don't know if you can find a general manager that's had as much success with his situation than Daryl Morey. And the fact that he was able to rebuild after losing Tracy McGrady and Yao Ming without a losing season, like that, to me. That's his pinnacle achievement, you know. Like we're gonna point to the James Harden trade, and rightly so. That's that that's a hell of a trade to pull off, right? And we're gonna point to him challenging the Warriors. That is a hell of an accomplishment, to you know, to take possibly the greatest team of all time to seven games, and you know, just fall short after a hamstring injury to Chris Paul. Hell of a hell of an achievement, I think. What to me, me reading what what Daryl has done in his career, the, the greatest accomplishment I can. I can think of is first what he's been like, his influence on the game is paramount, right? Like it's, he has the three point revolution directly coincides with his tenure in Houston. That's not a coincidence. That's other teams seeing what Houston's doing, figuring out that the mid range shot is not an efficient shot anymore. And then we should be shooting three pointers and copying it, right? It's a copycat league. And and Daryl caused all these teams in the NBA to copy him. And he also, uh, caused other front offices in, in the in the NBA to you know have their own analytics departments like I remember in 2007 like only two or three teams had analytics departments that's not like me making this up that's an actual fact I think uh, as as soon as a, a year or two ago like the Lakers didn't even have like their analytics department show up at Sloan right like they, they didn't have people representative at the Sloan conference right like there were a lot of holdouts on this and Daryl is a big reason that analytics play such a big part in NBA decision making today that's a big accomplishment and a second biggest accomplishment to me is being able to rebuild from that Yao Ming and TMAC team to not lose not tank and still wind up with a contender again that's extremely difficult we've only seen it be done basically one time like I, I i guess the brooklyn situation and maybe the celtics but even the celtics like they they had a bad year and they had to draft marcus smart right like like rebuilding from the middle like that to become a contender after losing your two-star players is a hell of an achievement
1: yeah i i know that he's gotten a lot of flack recently as uh, the Rockets have kind of come down from that high in 2018, and the team overall has done so. But I, I do think it's really hard to find a general manager who's done a better job at like continuously making smart moves, at upgrading at the margins, and at never being the, the butt of any trade, right? Like, he seems well-loved in the organization, he became the face of the franchise for a while. Like it wasn't until James R there was a, He's become the face of the franchise in a big way, and the only reason James Harden is a bigger face of the franchise is because he is a star basketball player. In The, the years right before James Harden showed up, I actually think that Daryl Morey was the biggest star on the team. No,
0: it's not untrue. It's, it's 100% the case. And I think up until now, he was kind of a co-face of the franchise. I, I think he was still, to some extent, a face of the franchise alongside Harden.
1: Yeah, it's, that's a lot of really impressive accomplishments. Uh, I don't think it's like, I know a lot of people want to take that away because they didn't win any rings in that time period, but that's just not a reasonable criterion. I'm sorry. It just isn't like he's done really excellent stuff. And just because they came close and didn't quite get there doesn't mean that what he and that team did during that time period was not exceptional. And it doesn't mean they didn't, like you said, have a huge impact on the league. Like, as much, the Rockets have had as big of an impact on the way the entire league plays as any time during this time period, and that is not nothing.
0: He's going to go down as one of the most influential basketball decision makers in NBA history, point blank. Like they, you, It's hard to think of many decision makers that have had as much of an impact on the league's um on the league's history than him. I mean, you know, maybe Jerry West, but like it, it's, you know, um, and you can think of a couple other, uh, but it, it's, it's really hard to find someone who's had such an impact on and off the court too. like, like the creative stuff he did with trades. Like the Chris Paul trade is one of the most creative trades I've ever seen. Like he, he, he did not have the salary to trade for Chris Paul. He had to, he had to buy contracts from around the league all at once basically finding a loophole to match contracts with Chris Paul and trade him uh, and, and manage to get a mid-level exception which he used to sign PJ Tucker off of that like that's incredible man <laughs> like that's that's the kind of stuff that only two general managers in the league can do. And you know Raphael Stone, and we're going to talk about him in a minute. Has some big shoes to step into, but I mean, Daryl was the guy to come up with reverse pick protections in the draft. Like before, reverse pick protections weren't a thing. Like he he's done a lot of he's done a lot of creative stuff when it when it comes to trades. I think he's when you talk about his thirteen year tenure, only one team has made more trades of him, uh, and that, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers. And you know that's that's a team that basically. Has a lot of rockets in them, right? Because of Sam Hinkie, right? Like I think it is, uh, it is really incredible what he's been able to do, uh, and and how he's impacted a lot of teams just going for it, right? Like I think, I think if you look at the Clippers team building strategy, you can look, you can derive a lot of what the Rockets did and be like, you know what? Like that's, it, it looks very familiar, right? Like kind of trading your star player. Uh, being okay with being a middle of the pack team, kind of plugging along with these assets you got from the star player trade. And then flipping that for, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, it's very similar to what the Rockets did with jo- Dwight Howard and James Harden, right? Like it's, you're going to see a lot of teams model this and I'm not sure if it's going to be as successful because you need a guy like Daryl at the helm. And Daryl is basically one in, you know, 20 general managers. He's, he's an incredible general manager and he is going to be be beloved by the rockets fans uh for years years to come as long as James Harden's on the roster rockets fans will always have a reminder of the job that Daryl Morey did in Houston i mean he he brought in the second greatest franchise player
1: yeah it's uh like you said it is the end of an era and it's uh it's a, it's a i don't know how to put it other than it's a dark day for Houston Rockets fans uh because this 100%. has been this has been one of our rocks for a very long time. That this has been one of the consistency points in the team, and the future for the Rockets is now very, very unknown.
0: Yeah, and um, it is crazy. By the way, I, I want to talk about more for just a few more seconds. Like this guy was mocked when he came into the NBA, not just by like people within the league, but like unanimous, unanimously in this market, in the Houston Rockets market. Like you had people on the radio killing this guy. And I'm sure if you turn on the radio today, I haven't turned it on. Everybody's like, man, it's a dark day for the city. Like what a crazy turn of events. Like that every single radio guy in the city was killing you in 2007 to 2011. And ever since then, they've had nothing but praise for you. Um, That doesn't happen that often. And just among his peers, like this is a guy who was hated he like it was threatening this guy from mit was gonna come in and change the league like you know like this happened in baseball with billy bean right like this is it's people don't like change and it's threatening to people and daryl morey was threatening to people because they saw the way they viewed as basket the, the way they viewed basketball over the years and they they saw that way of life kind of coming to an end and a new way of life coming coming to shore and if they didn't learn they were going to be out of the league pretty quickly. And you're seeing a lot of these, you know, relics uh of general managers being replaced across the league cuz they're they're not on board with analytics and modern day team building, right? Like you're like Vlad you're seeing your Vladdy Divacs or your uh Mitch Cupchecks, right? Like they're slowly phasing out of the league in favor of you this new school style of general manager. And I think that's you can find a direct link to that in Daryl Morey. It's, I just find his legacy crazy like he is a basketball giant right and and it's unfortunate he didn't win a championship but his impact on the league is going to be felt for a very very long time
1: yeah I, I honestly find it hard to believe that he's going to be out of basketball very long uh, he is not
0: you know maybe maybe it is a year and he comes back we don't know
1: yeah who knows what he's gonna do but it 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 see he's in such a huge influence in basketball and he's such a huge part of the basketball universe. I also wouldn't be surprised if he comes back to basketball in a in a not working for a team capacity like he's you know he's 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 he raids the sloan sports conference he's uh he loves to be a commentator like I imagine he'll probably take some time off, but it would not surprise me to see him start going on podcasts and TV shows and doing radio drops and stuff because now he has the freedom to do whatever he wants. And I think it'd be interesting to hear what he has to say in a, in a, um, in a manner that as open as he has been, he hasn't been able to be completely open because of his status. So, uh, I hope that he doesn't go away. Uh, I would like to still see what Daryl Morey is doing and have him around in the basketball universe. But like I said, if what's best for him is just like taking some time to do other stuff, perhaps that's desmo- perhaps forever more power to him.
0: I can 100% see him coming back as soon as this coming season, mid season uh, on, on somebody's podcast and just kind of talking about his time in Houston. Like that's definitely going to happen, right? Like y- you can totally see that happening, but um yeah I mean he's got if he wants to come back I'm telling you right now there's going to be a lot of fr- teams that want him right like and um you know a lot of teams that might look at replacing their current general managers if he decides to come back like he is that much of a power broker in today's league like he's there is an element of respect he has among his peers, and you know a lot. Of, I know a lot of ownership groups love Daryl Morey, so it's it would be it would be interesting to see if he decides to come back one day. Him in a media capacity just sounds weird. Like I can't even I can't even think of Daryl Morey in a media capacity, but I could definitely see him doing that one long sit down interview with somebody, right?
1: yeah uh i I don't know i i I think he could do either one. He kind of likes getting in front of the camera and talking about stuff I feel like he's got he's got a lot to say i think is my main feeling about why he might want to at least like be tangential in media uh you you don't get to be that much of an influencer and that important in the n b a without having a lot of thoughts about how things should be done and what should happen
0: You don't get to be the face of a franchise without being in front of camera cameras yeah. like he, he was I mean, this guy was one of the most publicly available general managers you could find. Like, he was not hard to reach if you wanted to reach him. And uh, it it is crazy how... Uh, it's it, it it, It's just it's insane how he just became this figurehead for the Rockets to the point where, like, people would come to Rockets games and occasionally see him there and take pictures with him, right? As <laughs> if he was a player on the team, right? Like, imagine, like people coming to like thunder games and taking pictures with Sam Presti. That's just a wild, that's just a wild thing to think about. Right. But he had become this larger than life basketball figure, um, that, you know, you, you rarely see in today's NBA, like, like Pat Riley kind of has that kind of mystique, you know, Danny Ainge has that kind of mystique, you know, maybe Jerry West, but you know, like there's not that many in terms of guys that had that much prominence, uh, as Daryl. Um, but you kind of touched on it and I want to talk about it now. What comes next for the Rockets?
1: I mean, broadly speaking, the A we don't know, B probably not good.
0: So, they obviously promoted Raphael Stone uh to their top, you know, general manager position today and Eli Wittis to their assistant general manager position. These are guys that have moved up the ranks over the past 13 years. Uh, been with uh Daryl uh his entire tenure, so I think they're you're gonna get a little bit more continuity than you might expect. Like these guys are very similar thinkers with uh, with Daryl because they've been in the same room with him for the past uh, decade or so, right? There's there's a reason that after Garrison Rosas left, they didn't go out and search out other you know other guys in the league. Like they had capable guys in their front office, so they didn't feel like they needed to go out and search for uh, other front office guys. So. I think you're gonna see, like, I I don't think Rafael Stone is gonna be like a bad general manager by any means. Like, it, the the reason I say it's gonna be a big hit is because you lost a great general manager, and you're and you're going from a great general manager to an unknown general manager. You know, I expect some continuity there because I think, like, again, I, th- I expect similar thinking. I don't think the Rockets are gonna stray stray away from microbo. I don't think the Rockets are gonna blow it up by any means. I think. I think you're going to see a very similar approach. I don't think data is going to go anywhere. Like Eli Wittis is not going to make is going to make sure that does, that data does not go anywhere. Uh, so it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do at the, at their head coach posi- position because I think when you lose a guy like Daryl at the front office, you have a leadership void. Right? There is no figurehead for the organization anymore, and you know a lot of organiza- organizations don't have that, but I think the best organizations do. I think the Rockets need to find that guy in their next head coach. So I'm looking at their finalists right now. You're looking at Steven Silas, Jeff Van Gundy, and John Lucas. When I look at that list, only two of those guys could perhaps fill that figurehead role, and that's John Lucas and uh, Jeff Van Gundy, more specifically Jeff Van Gundy. Like Jeff Van Gundy is kind of like, after you lose a guy like Daryl Morey, he's the kind of guy you bring in, and the fan, ba- the fan base feels a little re- reassured that things are on the right track, right? Uh, experienced head coach, been with the organization before. Fans like him a lot, so I think. Um, and i i I'd be interested to see. I'd be interested to see what kind of relationship he de- develops with James and Russ, because I think that's probably the biggest domino as to far as far as who becomes the next head coach. Like that relationship with James and Russ is going to be so crucial in the next head coach. So I think in your next coach, you're probably looking for a somebody with some head coaching experience and somebody. Who is ready to take on a high level of leadership right away and i think the only guy i can look at on the open marketplace for me that fill, that checks all those boxes if i'm houston is probably jeff and gundy i don't know like where's your head at with the coaching search
1: it kind of sounds like it's a done deal with jeff and gundy to me uh because there's been a lot of talk about uh, Jeff Van Gundy kind of being Tillman Fertita's preference and also that it was largely down to like Jeff Van Gundy and Ty Lue, and Ty Lue now has is a uh, he's in Los Angeles so that kind of leaves Jeff to uh to take it by default I know there's a few other names but he's for sure the biggest name out there and I don't know in, in like you said in times of in times of a uh, of turbulence people usually go for the familiar and the like the the well-known names to try to write the ship or at least steady the course. I don't know that I'm in love with Jeff Van Gundy, but I don't know that there's that like I'm in love with any other available name out there either. So uh to me, that's fine, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean listen, like like I God knows what the fan base thinks right now, but I, I would suspect that uh Jeff like among those names, Jeff is probably the favorite. I'm not sure how much it really matters in in terms of a basketball standpoint. Like I think when you look at what the Rockets lost with Daryl, I think they have a leadership void right now, and that's why I think Jeff is the guy I would choose to step in, uh, and and he can command some authority right away. Uh, and you know, the next guy has to have that that lockdown relationship with James because again, Daryl had that that relationship with James, which I think is an element of the Daryl Morey stepping down that we probably should discuss a little bit, like. What what happens with James now? Like, does Darryl, does James look around and be like, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if I want to be here anymore. You know, like, my head coach is gone, my general manager is gone. Like, d- does does James want to be here? Uh, like, if I if I'm Raphael Stone, that's my number one phone call right now. And if I'm, whoever the next head coach of the Rockets is going to be, that is my, like, I'm going to be on the phone with this guy. 6 7 times a week until the season starts cuz that that to me is has to be a relationship that the rockets have to patch up very quickly.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's an open question, right? Like we don't know how looped in James Harden is to all of this. I think it's probably pretty likely that James Harden and Daryl Morey speak regularly, right? Like it doesn't seem like these things would happen totally in a vacuum. So We don't really know like where Harden is at on all of this, and how connected he is to all of this. Like, how attached is he to Daryl Morey? I don't know. Uh, You know, this is the kind of stuff that you can't really know unless you like actually know these people are in the organization and deal with them regularly. So, uh, does does James Harden feel like the organization that he signed up to be with has moved out from underneath his feet, or is you know are those not the things that he really was here here for and doesn't feel too worried about i don't know how james harden feels and we're going to have to find out how james harden feels about this uh it's gonna be hard to figure that out because you know if anybody asks him he's going to say you know i loved working with daryl morey and i'm sad to see him go but i'm uh you know we're gonna do everything we can to move this franchise forward so on and so forth right uh we're not gonna we're gonna have to read between the lines to see if we're going to see a like some sort of even bigger upheavals coming up i just don't know i have no idea what's going to happen with this team from here on out
0: yeah, I just suspect that he's gonna look around and feel a little bit alone, right? Because he was close with Mike and he was close with Daryl, right? And Daryl was the kind of guy. Uh, I mean, Daryl was kind of his guy, right? Like he didn't have a co-star during his time in, in Houston. Like he had multiple co-stars. The one constant there has been Daryl, and uh, I just I just wonder, you know, like I just wonder where his head's at. Um but it's going to be interesting i think if if you're houston you have to make sure that, that james is on board with the next coach i think that's probably the number one requirement right now like it was before but now more so because of what they lost right and it's it, i it's for the franchise it is in a place where you know it's it's in a place of instability that i've never seen it before right and you know, whenever I had people, like whenever I would go out in public, right? And people would always ask me about the Rockets and they'd always ask me like worried questions about them. And I'd say, I wouldn't lose sleep if, as long as Darrow's at the helm. And, and like a lot of people worried about, you know, Tillman Fertita. I'd just be like, is Darrow's there? So I wouldn't worry too much about it. Right. And now that Darrow's gone, things are just up in a state of flux that, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I God knows where this franchise goes from here. Uh, I, I suspect there's going to be some continuity because of the guy they chose, right? Like if they, if if they, if, if they did an open search and, and they hired someone like Brian Webster, like maybe they decide to go in a different direction. Maybe they decide to, uh, you know, change the front office makeup up a little bit. Maybe they, they decide to uh, trade some of these players off. Uh, maybe they decide not to play micro ball. If they decide to stay competitive, you know, like, the fact that they chose somebody from within suggests to me that they're going to stay along a similar direction, but I don't know if they'll be as good in that similar direction. If that makes sense, because they lost somebody that was excellent in that there di- in that direction. Yeah,
1: I think that tracks.
0: That's it. You do know I. got. <laughs> i mean
1: this is this is rough man (laughs) i don't know uh i feel like i probably have a little more emotional investment in what happens with the houston rockets than than you do maybe uh it's i don't like i said i just don't i can't get a i tend to rely on trying to like take a long view and get a handle on things and i don't have a handle on this at all right like I, I it oh seems hold like- on we
0: got some breaking news. Mavs assistant Steven Silas will have a second interview with the Rockets in Houston on Friday. Sorry, I didn't want to cut you off, but I just wanted to throw that in.
1: That hey, breaking news, buddy. Uh, yeah, I just don't know what we're gonna what's what we're gonna see from here. Like you said, it's it, I mean, r- the, the main thing is just that Derozan is so good that it's unlikely that anyone does a as good uh, as good or a better job just by playing the numbers going forward. So. It's possible that he, uh, that they, that they maintain this and that they even pull it back out again because I don't know. I kind of feel like they're in a little bit of a nosedive, but, uh, it, it's less likely than if he'd stayed on board. So it's, it's hard to paint like a rose. While a rosier future is possible, it's hard to think that it's more likely than the opposite happening. So it's, uh, all things come to an end, but it's hard to be there when it does.
0: Yeah. Um, the Rockets have been a model of instable stability under Daryl Morey, and what I mean by that is they made all these moves, right? They've churned the roster a bunch of times, but they've been so stable in that they've been a consistently winning franchise throughout it, right? And because he's gone, I can't tell you what it's going to look like from now on. Like i I could tell I could tell you with some. Um, pretty good reasoning that the Rockets were going to be a pretty stable franchise even moving forward with all the picks they don't have because they had Daryl Morey at the helm and that I, I had trust that he would figure it out for Houston right I'm not sure if I can say that anymore but we will see uh who they hire as their next coach is going to be the next big domino what they do in free he's going to be a big domino too because like you know how they operate. Like, do they still sign good value contracts, right? Because that's a, that's a very Daryl quality, right? If if you see them sign like a really good player for a good value contract, you would feel in better hands, right? Because that's a that's something Darrow does, right? And if, if if you see stuff like that during the off season, you would feel like you're in a better spot. But because the off season's so far away, and, and because you don't have a head coach right now, and because Darrow is gone, you don't know how to feel
1: yeah i think that's right uh it's uh uh hopefully we'll see something happening but like you said the the, the offseason is a long time away like normally they can start trading and stuff right which we haven't discussed this normally they can start trading and thing uh, and doing offseason actions immediately after the finals end but there's this weird kind of moratorium right now because they don't actually know how long the offseason is going to be like what the schedule is going to be coming up uh what the what the, like the, cap, the salary cap is even going to be like we are in this strange negative zone right now where like there's just it's not just that there's no nba there's not even no nba if that makes any sense
0: yeah, and I can't even imagine what it must feel like to be like a Rockets fan that doesn't remember life before Daryl Morey, because that's very possible, man. 13 years is a long time. Like, imagine that like, you became a Rockets fan when you were like eight or something, right? And you're now like, you know, 21, 18, whatever. And the guy that's always been there is gone. How does that fan feel right now? How does that Rockets fan feel right now? Imagine you're a season ticket holder that's been with the team since 09, how does that season ticket holder feel right now? I would just like to talk to those people just, just 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 to see where the where their heads at. On Twitter, like the reaction's been crazy, but as we know Twitter is not always real life, but you know, I I just want I just want to talk to some of these fans, like just where where is where is the fan base's head at right now?
1: Uh, I mean, <laughs> I know I know where my I only know where my head is at right now, which is that, like my confidence in the team is uh, not very high, and I'm not expecting a lot of good things out of them. Uh, and I need to see some positive moves to really stay invested in what happens with the Houston Rockets. not just from like a fan base perspective, but from just like a larger NBA uh, interest perspective. like they've done a lot of falling off over the last couple of years, and they really seem like they're in danger of like not even being a fringe contender if things get much worse. Uh, which is kind of hard to stomach for a team that has been on the upswing for so long, now to suddenly like go the opposite direction so so quickly and so decisively.
0: They're teetering, right? Like that's ob- that's objectively the case. They are teetering, and uh, they need to find some stability soon. Like right now, <laughs> they need to find that stability tomorrow because r- as we speak, they don't have a head coach and their general manager just stepped down. So you know it, it's rough it's rough I can't, I can't even imagine subscribe to the podcast on itunes google play spotify and stitcher uh subscribe to my newsletter stay the rockets because i actually wrote about all this stuff this morning uh actually this afternoon if you guys caught it um and yeah uh follow me on twitter at sawmall nba follow forrest on twitter at do forrest how do you spell that
1: d-u-n-o-t-s
0: and yeah guys good night